crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Man, it was such a great day. Why has it got to end like this? Brewers fall 3-1. to one. They've lost three games in a row to open this four-game set with the Giants on the heels of taking two out of three from the Astros. And worse yet, they wasted maybe Corbin's best start of the season. Seven strong innings, tied a season high with eight strikeouts. He only allowed one run. It was in a slow starting first inning for him. That was all he did. And the Brewers staff, which has allowed the most home runs uh, this season, gives up the first homer of the year by Peter Streslecki. was in a very poor time in the eighth inning when the game had just been tied up. Mitch Hanniger goes yard. And the rest is history. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. So with the home run allowed, and I I should correct myself, it's not the most in baseball, but the second most in the National League. uh, Homers allowed by a pitching staff. The Brewers have now allowed 71 homers as a pitching staff. One less than the New York Mets. And speaking of pitching staffs, that folks thought would be better than what it is right now. The New York Mets certainly fit that category. There are a lot of ways that the Brewers lost this game, but there were a lot of ways that they potentially won this game. But obviously, it comes down to the same thing. And I got a tweet about this earlier. You can tweet me as well if you want to join in on the show. Uh, Questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, at Dom underscore Catronio. Somebody had tweeted to me, what happened to the small ball? Where'd the small ball go? And, And the truth is, we just call... Small ball, some folks in the media call anything that isn't hitting home runs small ball. And it's truly just timely hitting. It all comes down to timely hitting. The Brewers, once again, one for nine with runners in scoring position today. That means they are just nine for their last 71 with runners in scoring position. That's going back to Monday against the Cardinals. That's a 127 batting average with runners in scoring position going back to last Monday against St. Louis. And it's not surprising they haven't won many games since then. It all comes down to timely hitting. When you're in a slump, look at what you're doing with runners in scoring position. When you're playing well, how are you doing with runners in scoring position? The Brewers, until today, really hadn't been giving themselves opportunities either with runners in scoring position. Today, they get nine at-bats. A few of those coming with two strikes. I mean... The big story today was it was an ace-off, though. Uh, This was a different story in that if it was somebody other than Logan Webb doing this to you, or like, you know, say, for instance, another lefty that maybe, you know, somebody that you haven't really been following the game that closely, who's this again? Left-hander? Oh, goodness. It, It was Logan Webb. He was the opening day starter for the Giants. He's a ridiculously good pitcher, and quite frankly, a bad matchup, right? We've talked about the last couple of years when Corbin Burns has matched up with the Giants. He's a bad matchup for them, given the fact they swing and miss so much. And the last two years coming into today, he had dominated. And then he kind of looked like his old self today, getting some chases, getting some swings out of the zone. And on the flip side, you know, what if you could draw a picture of what would be the, the perfect example of a starting pitcher on the opposite side that would neutralize the Brewers. And before you say left-handed, it's not that. I would say a guy that thrives on contact, a guy that thrives on ground balls, 
and a guy that still has at least one legitimate strikeout pitch. And that strikeout pitch is the changeup. And in fact, Webb threw it more than his fastball today. He has so much trust in that pitch. I encourage you to check it out on Baseball Savant. The locations of those changeups, I think like five of them were actually, you know, never looked like a strike. I think they were all competitive pitches. It was just an amazing display by him. He was on. Thank goodness for Bryce Terang's triple there in the seventh inning. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had a run at all today. And he would have gone seven shutout innings and Victor Caratini getting the RBI single. We're just getting going here. It's not a very long show today, given it is a weekend. We're going till just past 7 o'clock here. 855-616-1620. Craig Kishan's going to join us in just a little bit. This text from Josh here in Milwaukee. Don't know about the Brewers, but I'm ready for May to end. It's been one calamity after another between injuries, a stagnant offense, and blowout losses. At least we had some positive news about Adamas today after what could have been so much worse. The news today is that Willie is home. He was uh, discharged earlier this morning. He's relaxing today. We may may or may not see him at the ballpark tomorrow. Uh, he will not be traveling with the team to Toronto. He may or may not be activated uh, over the weekend against the Reds in Cincinnati in next week's wraparound series. So that's potentially going to happen. We don't know that for sure. But no fractures. He is home. He is resting. So all good news on the Willie Adamas front. We're going to break down Corbin Burns here coming up next. This was the start that maybe is the time to get him back on track. This could be a really important turning point for his season. We're going to talk about that coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers fall 3-1. to one. They muster up five hits tonight. They've only scored two runs in their last three games. Not great. Not great. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. But we're also brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, one of our presenting sponsors here on Brewers Extra Innings with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, and they're offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities that's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. All right, Craig Kishan, here we are again. It'd be very easy to pile on when things are negative, but let's start with the positive. Corbin Burns took a step forward looking more like Corbin Burns again today. And no better time than the present in a game that they really needed him to do it with all the exterior stuff happening. And for him to work around a shaky first inning to just shut down the Giants. He let out a patented primal scream there in the seventh inning. I, I think this is a huge crossroads for Corbin moving forward. Well, it was, it, it was good. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the last time out, I'm sure you already uh, reviewed it a little bit, though. But giving up the uh, the four home runs... Um, in his last start, all solo home runs was a career high for him. So easy for us to look on paper and see where he's got to improve. But, you know, he's doing more than just that. Um, he's trying to figure out how to get different kind of lineups out. I, you know, in our pregame show uh, today, uh, Vinny and I kind of featured, you know, Burns reverse splits um, to right-handed hitters and the success that they have had. Well, I think it was a 273 clip coming into this game, Dom, and on the reverse side to lefties, it was, you know, down near like a buck 50. Uh, yet, you know, the Giants, uh, Gabe Kapler put 
um, what amounted to um, six right-handed batters in the lineup here in this one. So you, you like to say advantage burns, uh, but he, he did have, you know, a long laborious first inning, but in typical fashion, you know, rebounds well as cutter was working really well again today for the eight strikeouts. Um, so I, you know, I think this is, this is who uh, we should be accustomed to seeing right now. And, and I think the only thing, you know, when I see Corbin Burns on the mound, really easy for me to be thinking, I think he, I think he throws too many pitches to, you know, bottom part of the order, uh, would love to see him on the attack a little bit more, but that's, that's being armchair quarterback type. I, I don't know if he, you know, can pitch any further than the seventh inning, the way he's going right now, or if he needs to, quite frankly, he was, he was really, uh, effective, um, each inning, that he was able to pitch here in this one. It just got uh, progressively better. Uh, A couple of numbers that jump out to me about Corbin is he threw 19 out of 28 first pitch strikes. That's 67%. That's a really good rate. In fact, it's the most first pitch strikes he's thrown uh, this season since that uh, April start against the Diamondbacks. Number two, we've been asking Corbin to change his repertoire, if he's going to change anything, if something is wrong with his current setup. And, well, we got one of our answers today, his reliance on the changeup as opposed to his curve or even his slider. Get this, Craig. He only threw one slider today. He did. He just didn't throw it. He went to the changeup more often as a secondary pitch. Furthermore, he threw 24 changeups, 17 of them were strikes, and four of his eight strikeouts were on the change. That ties a career high for him. I think Corbin is realizing the league has made the adjustments to him, and Craig Council said it earlier today that this league is about adjustments, and Corbin is knowing he knows he has to make adjustments to his plans. Nobody plans more than him, and I think we saw our first peak that it's not necessarily always going to be the changeup, but maybe Corbin's realizing he doesn't need to throw the kitchen to the sink. He can go into some of his you know routines and see, you know what, the change is working today, I'm going to stick with it. And, you know, it's not as easy as just to say, I'm going to go out there and that's going to be my game plan. Um, you know, a couple of things. It, this is why these guys have, you know, four and sometimes five days off between starts, you know, to rest and then maybe to work on some things. And, and perhaps, too, this is why, uh, we saw the the four home run game in his previous start, but it doesn't take him uh, long to get where he wants to go. And and the other thing, Dom, is you know you, you tell me your opinion on this. There are there there aren't many pitchers, uh, let alone on this roster around the league, who can who can make especially in game adjustments um, as uh, effectively. I would like to use that word as a guy like Corbin Burns. And he's got the repertoire to make in-game adjustments. Uh, It's one of those things that it's easy to say it from the cheap seats that, oh, he's not making adjustments. That's why he's getting hit. But, you know, you look at the start of the season that, you know, the cutter's been getting hit. And But the thing is, people say, oh, stop throwing the cutter. It's his fastball. That is his prime. That is his number one. It is the pitch that you need to – you have to have a pitch you rely on and say to get me back right – and that is his number one. When he throw down one finger, hit that first button on the pitch com, that's his number one. So he has to start with that cutter. He is not going to be a Logan Webb where he's going to throw more changeups in his primary pitch or more curveballs in his primary pitch. That's the way that Corbin Burns 
has to start his outings by establishing that cutter to make everything else work better. I want to get to the phone lines, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Rick in Chicago calling in. Uh, I know we're going to get into some offense questions here, and I, Rick, I think you're going to start us off here on Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, thanks, guys. Really enjoy your show. Um, Thank just want to talk about Jesse Winker. Um, I had such high hopes for this guy. I thought he was tailor-made for Miller Park. Um, but uh, his performance has been abysmal, as you know. Uh, he's had about, uh, what, 110 at-bats or something. Uh, and uh, has virtually done nothing uh, at the plate. And I don't see how the Brewers can go into June. Uh, I think they have to pull the plug. I know Urias is, I think, coming back soon. Maybe Owen Miller can DH a little bit. Maybe uh, Brian Anderson can DH a little bit, or maybe somebody in the minors. I don't know, but it's a vo- between Voigt and w- Winker. Uh, it's been really sad and incredible failure, and I think uh, the Brewers got to move on. Yeah, I appreciate the call there, Rick. Really, thanks for your time and your thoughts. Craig, we can get into this more in the next segment since we're up against the break, but overall, let me just give you the numbers here real quick. Just from the DH position overall, the Brewers rank third to last in all of baseball in slugging percentage produced out of the DH spot. A two eighty five slugging percentage from their DHs this year. They have combined to hit just two home runs, tied with the Reds and the Tigers for the fewest. And yes, Winker is in that group. Voigt is in that group. Uh, and whoever else is in it for that day, and yes, Winker's off to a slow start. We can get to him in the next segment, but it's not an isolated problem for just Jesse Winker. It's a Brewers problem. My eyes just rolled back into my head, Dom, and I fell over backwards with those numbers about the <laughs> DH. Uh, I, I'm sure that that's how a lot of Brewer fans feel right now, and, and quite frankly, you know, uh, the guys that are in charge of this organization that, you you know, you know, they feel the same way when guys just aren't producing, you know, at all. And and I know that we're going to get into more of this uh, coming up after the break, but um, I, I get it. I, I get it. Why, why Rick is frustrated and I get it. Why a lot of Brewer fans are frustrated right now. But remember, Nobody's going to be more frustrated than the guys who put on the uniform and carry that bat in there and, and can't do the job that they're assigned to do. I promise you that. Amen to that. We'll get into more offense coming up in the next segment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Oh, it certainly feels like uh, Hotel California right now with the Brewers with runners in scoring position. I'm Dom Catronio with Craig Kishan. Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you in part by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. You can trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider. And for a limited time, you can save up to $1,000 off an AC or furnace unit. It's families helping families. Since 1912, Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. The offense collectively, Craig, it's scuffling. There's no lie. There's nothing that you can sugarcoat about it right now. They are just nine for their last 71 with runners in scoring position, one for nine again today. Uh, I mean, you were in the ballpark. You knew what it sounded like when Victor Caratini got that hit in the right field to score the game-tying run. You would have thought it was a walk-off grand slam. The fans are into it every single moment, understanding that they need to break out of this funk with timely hitting, and it's... 
it's not even a oh everyone's swinging for the fences. It's, I, I look at the bad luck that Jesse Winker ran into there in the twelve pitch battle with Camilo Doval, and he ends up breaking his bat and ending uh, his at bat. I mean, it's just you, you can't blame him for trying, and it's a dumb cliche and. You know, diehards are like, Dom, come on. They got to hit the ball. I, I get it. I hear you. But at the same time, it's like, if it was that easy, then flip the switch and make it that easy. I think I think the part of the problem we've seen, uh, especially in the month of May, um, last season, season before that, uh, you know, this, this ongoing um, dilemma offensively for Milwaukee is just a, just the lack of uh, the ability – to have guys get to the plate and and do something when they're up there and and that you know the number one goal is to somehow find a way to get on and right now finding a way to get on there are ways to get on base uh but but it is not happening the walks aren't being drawn uh guys aren't you know moving over i thought maybe once guys got on this this roster was full of you know speed that we would have seen you know more stolen bases by now um, this team has the ability to play some small ball, that type of thing. Um, and, and the dynamic changed a little bit. We saw it out of the gates in the month of April, and it's regressed a little bit. And, you know, where, where's the problem right now on this ball club? It's injuries to the pitching staff for the most part. I mean, before Adamas went down, there's, there's really nothing been wrong with anybody offensively uh, other than Garrett Mitchell going down early and, and Arias going down early. But I mean, you didn't know what, what Mitchell was going to do as a rookie and you know what you had in Arias. And I, I thought, and I'm sure they thought they were covered until he gets back. But you know, some of these new guys that our last caller Rick had mentioned that, you know, they're not coming through. Kristen Yelich was on a tremendous, you know, hot swing and power in that Kansas city series and then, you know, got the back spasms, uh, sat out most of that series against St. Louis. St. Louis and has been pretty quiet, really, for the most part since then. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, we could go on and on and on about it. But, you know, two runs in this series and 13 hits in this series, and it's been three games. I mean, I, I never would have thought the numbers would be so low. They only have one run batted in out of those two as well for the record. So um, very, very frustrating and disappointing right now. It's one of those things that the way that the offense is going to climb out of it, it's not going to be a 12, nothing win that climbs them out of it. It's not going to be something that feels like, okay, cool. Pressure's relieved. You're good. And then the next day they could come right back down to zero. Right? So it's going to be a sustained thing. Right? Whereas one day it's going to be, you know, Darren Ruff is the hero. Then the next day it's going to be Owen Miller again. Or then the next day it's going to be Yelly. It's it's going to have to be a pass the baton type thing of who's being the guy getting the hit with the runner in scoring position, not just homers, right? And when I look at the way that the best offenses get out of slumps and the way that they can get things going in the right direction, is they swing, is they hit, they work good at bats and things of that nature – not necessarily walks, and I, I want to kind of walk the line here with you, Craig, in that I, I'm not saying walks are a bad thing because this team's built on getting on base, and we know that. They're a team that gets on base and tries to hand it to the next guy. And I think right now we're seeing the, the far ends of the spectrum, right, where you're getting lots of swing and miss because guys are putting pressure on themselves to be the guy to get the hit and not a lot of walks because of the fact that, well, 
I got to swing because there's two outs, and I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's might as well no better time than the present to get the job going. I, I just see maybe, you know what, maybe you just kind of say to heck with it and swing and go out. You got to do something different, right? And I wonder if the Brewers are just going to try to get a little more aggressive this week or something like that. I just don't know what the adjustment could be given it's been a month of this. Yeah, a month a month bogs the process down, let, let's face it. And we're only two months into the season, so they've had one really good month, uh, one very capable month of April, and then, and then May has just been not good at all. And, you know, I, and I don't know, Dom, if this is just, you know, with the, the injuries of the pitching staff. I mean, let, let's face it. We all know that the Brewers, when, when they have their horses going uh, on that starting pitching staff, they are going to win one-run games, low-scoring one-run games. And there, there have been far and few between uh, for those opportunities here. Um, and because they are uh, lacking the four, you know, primary starters out of that rotation right now, we're seeing more double-digit uh, scoring losses, you know, to opponents. And those are things that we're not used to seeing either. So um, I guess my other take on this lack of offense and trying to get things going is, you know, even the few times that they can here and how this month of May has gone, uh, they can't sync it up with when they good, get a good pitching performance. Um, they did in that series against Houston, and quite frankly, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, um, especially after that loss on Monday night. Um, and to be able to come back and, and um, have two guys go out there and Hauser and Ray and, and you know start with a shutout, um, was phenomenal to see, but I don't know if that's sustainable with these guys right now. We're going to find out tomorrow with Ray out on the hill, but um, you know the the whole sinking of the team thing here is is just not happening. All right, well, Craig, you have done plenty. I'm not going to hold you to a difference making moment today. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. Go enjoy a little bit of sunshine and uh, uh, enjoy this beautiful weather we're having uh, on this holiday weekend. We'll do. We'll see you at the ballpark tomorrow. All right, Craig Kishon here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're going to talk our difference-making moment. That's coming up next on BEI. Now more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. It's time for our Annex Wealth Management difference-making moment. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at AnnexWealth.com. I'm going to go with a little bit of a curveball for you here. I'm going to go back in the first inning. Corbin Burns could have thrown seven shutout innings today. It was his own error, in part, that helped that inning uh, score a run. Granted, the run was earned because of a single later in the inning, but Corbin pitched absolutely fantastic today. And the throwing error on the pickoff that allowed Wade to get to third and then thus a sacrifice fly allowed him to score from Conforto. Now, the reason why the run is earned is because later in the inning there was a single, so Wade would have scored anyway and that sort of thing. And the thought is, you know, 
it was a throw that didn't necessarily need to be made. You can just step off and look at him. And I just, Wade did his job of trying to get in his head, and it scored the one run. He made up throwing 29 pitches in that first inning. I mean, he could still allow a base runner, not throw at him, and things of that nature. He could have got out of that inning with 20 or something pitches, right? And maybe he gets one more inning out of him, and maybe he's still throwing zero. I mean, you can't say that for certain, but the way that he was pitching today gave me, you know, some excitement for what his next start is going to look like. And the average exit velocity against was nothing. 82 miles an hour average exit velocity against. Really nothing was hit hard against him today. A lot of ground balls, too, and the changeup was phenomenal, like we said. He had the second. Uh, he threw a ton of stri- uh, strikes with it. He had five whiffs. He had four Ks on that pitch alone. He might have found something with it, and maybe that's some good news for him. So that's not my difference-making moment, the throwing error that led to the sacrifice fly in the first inning. But otherwise, I thought this was nearly a flawless start from Corbin Burns. We're going to talk about it a little more about Craig Council's comments uh, post-game here as well. That's coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. All right. Brewers fall 3-1. to one. I want a happy post-game, guys. I really do. I just want to... I remember the, the Astros stuff. We haven't had a happy post-game since Tuesday night. I want a happy what? Happy, please. All right. Enough about me. I don't. It's fine. Don't worry about me. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it through this, y'all. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, starting with how great Corbin Burns was today. I thought his stuff was just really good today. Um, and then he just he got locked in after the first inning. You know, I thought, you know, the first inning he'd, he got a little, there was a little scattered. And then after the, after really after the first inning, it was, it was wonderful, really. I mean, he pitched, pitched really, really well. Uh, everything was working. I thought the cutter was moving on. It was, he just threw a lot of good cutters today. Um, so, you know, that led, to, that led to a real good outing. That's always so key for him, right? That, that well, I mean, we'll take any pitcher here. You know, their execution of their fastball is, is going to be the first thing that has to happen on a day. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's the first inning. There were some misses. Uh, you know, he, he, that one to Hanniger wasn't a, wasn't a terrible pitch, but it was out over and kind of thigh line. Um, and he just he just made great pitches to me the rest of the day. Just a whole bunch of really good pitches with it. Guy on the other side was obviously really good too. Well, um, just typical like changeup sinker that usually works for him. But... Yeah, I mean he he's got a he's got as good a sinker as as anybody in the league. He's able to throw it to both sides of the plate. It's you know he can start it out as a ball and make then come back it for a strike. Um, you know, it's it's tough pitch to get in the air, so it's a tough pitch to get extra base hits on. Um, and uh, you know, we had some base runners, but not not big big innings where um, you know we, we needed more hits to, to to get it going. That last at bat for Jesse, I think it was twelve pitches. I mean, are there positives that you can draw from that? Yeah, I mean, Jesse and Bryce gave gave Duvall great at tough at bats. Um, you know, I mean, I you know give the pitcher credit too. He he kept making pitches and kept forcing swings. And uh, you know, Jesse was once he got the two strikes, he's just he's just trying to battle and and see strikes. And um, he made a good pitch down at the end there. And um, 
you know, got him to chase. Um, but yeah, so both guys, both guys put together great at bats. Craig, obviously, I mean, Webb was great, um, but offensively, when you think about the bigger picture, do you yeah. think the answer is just to sort of—is it patience or or, or the things you can do to? to no, I mean, look, we've been facing some adversity. We're not collectively swinging the bats well right now. Um, and But it's, it's, it's this group that's going to have to lead us to, to runs. Um, so you know what's going to happen um, whenever you go in little stretches like this. It's, it's really frustrating for the offense, understandably, um, and, it, and it puts a lot of pressure on the pitching. Um, but we just we just got to hang with these guys, and these guys just got to keep keep having good at bats and keep working, and and the, the runs are going to come. He makes an important point about these are the guys that are going to help get them out of it. I mean, it, it's true. Luis Arias certainly could be on the way back soon, but with all due respect to Weicho, he he's not an impact bat like he's going to be batting third in your order. Right when Willie comes back, you know, hoping he's going to be okay, probably will take him a few days though as well. And this is what it looks like an offense that's relying so much on rookies right now. I mean, it would have been even more if Garrett Mitchell was healthy at this point in the year. But you've got Weimer and Terang; they have to play every day. And remember, there are injuries of the main guys that you would think of in the minor leagues right now too. Kesson here is out with a knee injury. Sal Freelix been out with a thumb injury as well. So. You know, some of the guys you would think, oh, let's inject some new life, some new blood. Well, those guys are hurt too. So the Brewers, offensively, they have to dig themselves out of this. I mean, no one's exempt from this too. Like, Yelly's cooled off and Owen has cooled off. And yet, you know, William Contreras has been ice cold really the entire month. Winker's been cold for over a month. You look at guys up and down this order that, you know, Weimer, it, it's great defense, but he really provides more of his pop against lefties than he does against righties, but he's still batting ninth. Bryce Turing doesn't even play against lefties. He's going to have to get more consistent ABs now moving forward. Brian Anderson's been streaky. Mike Brasso's been streaky. So it's a collective thing, and it's, like I said earlier in the show, it's going to be a one-at-a-time thing. It's not going to be a 12-run a outburst that suddenly says, yeah, everything's okay. It's going to be a one-at-a-time sustained offense. We're going to talk about this game, play a couple of highlights for you. Not a full-blown highlight segment, but just some of the big moments of this game. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers lose 3-1. to one. I'm Dominic Catronio. just want to go through some of the highlights and the big plays of this game. Not like a full-blown highlight segment, given it was a loss and it was really just one hit. But let's just go in order here of some of the big moments of the game. Brewers trailed one nothing for the majority of this contest. Then Corbin Burns, he pitched better than... It was indicated by that first inning. He threw 29 pitches in the first. He had a walk, a sack fly, a couple of blue pits, including a broken bat single. He had in his own error on a pickoff attempt. But he ended up with eight strikeouts and was really, really strong in seven shutout innings. But he got some help from his defense from Brian Anderson in the uh, sixth inning on a bat from on a ball from Michael Conforto. Corbin Burns deals again, and that one is hit to a backhanded stab by... Brian Anderson at third. What a play to take a base hit away from Conforto. 
It was a great play indeed, and it was a 1-2-3-6. That one, at one point after that first, Burns had retired 13 of 15 batters. He faced some adversity in the seventh, and this is one of my big moments of the game. A leadoff broken bat single by Mike Yastrzemski. It was the third broken bat of the game for Corbin, so the cutter was cutting for sure. Then a routine flyout by Casey Schmidt. Then a pop-out by Patrick Bailey. In the bottom of the order, that nine spot has given trouble to the Brewers, really, for the last couple of weeks. A seven-pitch battle. Patrick Wisely wins it by drawing a walk. Corbin Burns claps his glove knowing he's at 108 pitches. He's going to be in danger of being let face uh, the top of the order once again. You could see Craig Council and Chris Hook talking it over. They decided to send Chris Hook out there, allowed him to face Lamont Wade Jr., and uh, Corbin rewarded them with their patience. The 0-1. High fly ball, right field. Very playable, though, for Tyrone Taylor. Moves in a couple of steps and squeezes it for the final out. Boy, a great performance here by Corbin Burns as he throws well over 100 pitches, 110 to be exact, and he gives up just the one run. And then finally some fireworks in the uh, bottom half of that seventh inning with two outs, mind you, from Bryce Terang. Comes right back with the 1-0 pitch, and it's a ground ball. Fair ball up the first baseline. Going to roll all the way into the corner. This is extra bases for Terang. He's at second. He's streaking around and headed for third. Here's the throw. It's cut off. Bryce Terang with a triple. And then you would have thought it was a walk-off grand slam when Victor Caratini finally broke through and tied the game. 2-1 pitch. Line in the right field. That's a base hit for Victor Caratini. Terang will score. Caratini turns first. He's headed for second. The throw is going to be in time. But the Brewers get it tied. The fact that they couldn't continue that rally was unfortunate, but Caratini not the fleetest of foot anyway. And that was the last run the Brewers would score in the top half of the eighth. A two-run homer from Mitch Hanniger ambushing with two outs on Peter Strzelecki, his first homer allowed this season. <sighs> Man, and then McGill, of course, strikes out the side there in the top of the ninth. So revisionist history, 2020 hindsight. Oh, why don't you put McGill in? I mean, you've trusted Strzelecki in that spot, and he's been hitting a rut the last couple of weeks. I wonder if we see a change in a by-committee eighth inning. Maybe Piomps gets a few opportunities there as well. There's a, a lot to figure out for the Brewer crew right now. We're going to preview tomorrow's finale before the off day on Monday. It'll be Colin Ray getting the ball, tell you about his opponent after the break. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Last couple minutes of the program will get you ready for tomorrow. 110 first pitch. We'll be on the air at noon. I've got Brewers warm up for you, leading you to the bottom of the hour. And then the network coverage will take over at 1235 for the holiday weekend Sunday matinee. Colin Ray coming off of a great start against the Houston Astros, starting a combined shutout against them on Tuesday. He'll be going up against Alex Cobb, who arguably has been just as good, if not better, than Logan Webb to this point in the season. He faced these Brewers at the start of the month. Seven shutout innings against them. He's only allowed five earned runs in 24 innings this month. That's a 1-8-2 ERA overall on the year. He's 4-1 and one with a 2-1-7 earned run average. Now, he gives up a lot of hits, which is shocking to see an ERA that low, a 272 batting average against. And he's been walking a few more guys lately. In fact, he had five walks in a start against the Phillies back on May 16th. Two starts ago, he did not get out of the fourth in that game. Otherwise, he's been... 
amazing in, in May. He's gone at least seven in the other three starts, including his last one against Minnesota. What plagued him in that one, he did get the win because the offense supported him. He allowed three earned runs. He also allowed two homers in that game. It's the only two homers he has allowed. In fact, he's only allowed three homers since, uh, or excuse me, he's allowed five homers total on the year, but only three since uh, April 12th. It's a span of eight starts, just three homers. So he's another guy that the Brewers are going to have their hands full with him. And Colin Ray, if he does what he did against the Astros, now that's a tall order, of course, but getting his first win as a starting pitcher since 2016, five and a third shutout innings. He's not going to strike out the world. He's only got four strikeouts in that game. It's not going to be like he did against the Angels when he had nine Ks in that game. He's somebody that, if he can get into the fifth or the sixth, keeping the Brewers within the contest, within two runs, within striking distance, he will have done his job. The problem is the Brewers' offense, when their opponent scores first, this number kind of blew my mind when I looked it up earlier today. When the opponent scores first, the Brewers are now just 6-20 on the season. We talked about it a lot yesterday, their lack of come-from-behind wins. Maybe that is what they need to get back on track. A come-from-behind victory in which they're able to kind of shock the world and shock themselves to get back in the right direction. So that's going to come up tomorrow uh, as we get ready to wrap up the series with the Giants. Monday is an off day. can't remember the last time the Brewers were off on Memorial Day. We were talking about that here in the press box, but they will be off on Monday and head up north of the border to take on the Toronto Blue Jays at Rogers Center. That'll be three night games, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then uh, over the weekend, they'll be heading to Cincinnati and some weird start times there as well. Uh, Keep a close eye on your start times and, and such given weird starts at Great American Ballpark. So, Reds, a wraparound weekend series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then they're back home for the Baltimore Orioles for a three-game set Tuesday through Thursday. And then the Oakland A's will come to town, so maybe that'll be your get-right series for them. We'll be back with you tomorrow for a warm-up and for extra innings. My thanks to Craig Gashon and also to our producer, Evan Wittallison. I'm Dominic Catronio. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging.